Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Chaz Mostert. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hey, I'm Scott Pipe. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. You are listening to Inside Supercars. For sure, I think if I get to drive more and more and more, uh, for sure, you know, I'm going to feel more comfortable. I nearly told him to calm down in the end. I'm like, mate, you're making me stressed. I'm stressed enough as is. In 2014, Chaz Mostert and Paul Morris won Bathurst. The race finished at almost 6.30 and 5.2 million people were watching at the end of that race. So a quarter of the Australian population watched Chaz win that race. That's a pretty you know, compelling figure to, to drop on anybody. <laughs> From the racetracks across Australia and around the world, here's Inside Supercars. And welcome to Inside Supercars for our big pre-Bathurst Show with Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock. Getting excited, Craig? Always excited, Tony, and uh, who wouldn't be excited about another weekend up at the mountain? Indeed, indeed. And a big show because we've got three uh, terrific guests on it uh, today. We've got Jazz Mostert on his way to Bathurst on Monday. We spoke, uh, he's on a road trip in a motorhome. Then we uh, had a chance to catch up with Gordon Lomas previewing his uh, book, which, of course, is called Kings of the Mountain. It's his second Bathurst book, and it's just been released. Uh, very, very exciting times with that. And finally, Lee Holsworth, who we'll uh, be talking to about his Bathurst challenge in the car 18 with Charlie Schmerkold and his co-driver of some years, Carl Reinler. So that's very exciting in today's show. Bit of news around there, Craig, isn't it? Indeed, and uh, I guess we need to start it off with Ash Walsh, who's under an injury cloud coming into the biggest race of the year after a, uh, well, a very unfortunate incident at the high-speed circuit at Phillip Island. We still don't know what car he was in, but it was a sports car of some kind, a prototype sports car. They'll determine by tomorrow afternoon, I believe, he'll be uh, when he's getting in the car, because until then, all they know is that he's got some broken ribs and bruising and he can't work out whether he's to drive properly or not and you think the standby is likely to be a Jones son of? I think uh, Andrew Jones is the most likely uh, entry for that. There's plenty of good drivers around and I know you want to talk about how small the Dunlop Super 2 grid is so um, there's potential that it could be one more of the drivers from the Dunlop Super 2 and Daniel Gaunt will even be there in a in a Carrera Cup car, so he could do double duties as well quite easily. But if I had to put some money on it, I'd say it's Andy Jones. A very capable driver and, of course, uh, son of Kim and his uh, nephew, not nephew, rather, his um, cousin, um, Macaulay, will be driving with... Nick Perkett. Tim Blanchard, because uh, they had a new car. and uh, So that's uh, good news. They gave the uh, new car. Um, very impressive, the turnaround from a completely written-off shell, uh, well, not shell, uh, just a cage at Sandown, but they'll uh, they'll be out there. So that's great news for them. So there's a couple of question marks over the, there was one now, the car's fixed, but still over Ash Walsh. They've got to settle that one. Other news coming out this week uh, is that... Uh, the date has been confirmed for the introduction of Tail and Bend, the new track, which will debut in January, I believe. Uh, the debut of the track um, for the series in supercars. It'll mean two events in South Australia, quite contrasting track styles in the Adelaide Street Circuit and the very high-speed track. That uh, It's a four-kilometre 
the track around uh, Taylor Men. So that's very exciting. August 24 to 26, 2018, it'll make its debut and join the series. It is going to be good to see another brand new track. And this track has got some fantastic design elements, which will make it a, a very interesting, um, a very interesting place. And all indications that I've been given is that it will become the host of the 500 once Sandown uh, is uh, no longer part of, uh, well, no longer a horse racing or motor racing venue because it's going to be subdivided. Indeed, indeed. Um, The uh, other news around is that um, PRA has joined, uh, certainly showed its flag well with two of their cars on the podium at Sandown. They've joined that pack of the uh, the two cars from DJR Team Penske and the three from Triple Eight as being contenders. They've shown themselves with Cam Waters and Richie Stanaway making their debut um, win in Sandown. And, of course, uh, Chaz Mostert with Stevie Owen getting a third, which is terrific to have more competitors. I mean, I, I think that history says... The race is only just going to get tighter and tighter as it goes on, as it's shown in the last couple of years. Last year, of course, had the closest ever finish. Mm. And I think uh, when we get to our tips later on today, uh, I think it's highlighted by the fact that you could name any one of about 15 drivers and go, wow, yeah, I could see that. Indeed, indeed. All right, well, uh, lots of great news around the series. The biggest one, of course, is that on Thursday... 2017, the second race in the Pertec Enduro Cup starts the event for the weekend. Lots of running, all on the 2016 tyre. So it'll be fascinating uh, chatting to Chaz as he tells us, as he's looking forward to uh, have another crack to join uh, to his 2014 win, the Bathurst 1000. So after the break, Chaz Monster. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Facebook page and to ask a question... Email insiders at sportradio.com.au. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. This year in Formula 3, I think it's a fantastic environment for me to be doing that. However, I believe for myself, uh, a sustainable career in tin tops such as BS Supercars in Australia is where I see myself. Second crack at the Australian Times since we've been back and a bit unlucky the first time that we end up with a win there at Speedway City uh, two weeks ago. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm James Moffat. Hi, I'm David Reynolds. And you're listening to Inside Supercars. Welcome to Inside Supercars this week. We are fortunate enough, pre-Bathurst, another great race rolling around, to have Chaz Mostert joining Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock. Chaz, how are you? Yeah, great, thanks. Thanks very much for having me. You're on your way to Bathurst already. It's Monday. On your way, and you're staying in a camper motorhome, rather. Yeah, yeah, I did it. Uh, I've done it the last couple of years actually since the year I won in 14 I've camped at the track so it's a bit of a I guess uh, one of those things now which if I don't do it I feel like I won't have the best opportunity so so uh, this this year I've upgraded a bit I've got a camper van it's uh it's gonna be gonna be a great experience. Uh, I started staying in the uh the pits back in uh, 1995 mate I know it well. Um, yeah, we... about it. Yes indeed it just makes the whole traveling business you get there and you're there and that's it. Um, you had a terrific stand down. Um, you and Stevie Owen, uh, another podium, and uh, it was a wonderful event for uh, PRA with Cam 
your teammate uh, getting on the top step. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's team. great for Cam to get his first win too. And, um, you know, him and Richie did an amazing job, you know, basically for all the qualifying races and the race, and their car was super quick. So uh, ours was pretty quick as well. We just, uh, unfortunately, got held up a bit at the start of the race and, and dropped a bit back. But to charge through and actually get third was a big surprise for us because passing cars hasn't been our strength uh, over the last 12 months, a little bit of time. But at Sandown, we were able to do that. So, uh, yeah, fought our way back up to third and, Pretty happy to get some champagne by the end of it. You've obviously got a quick car. The PRA, you know, across all your cars uh, were up there. Um, and obviously the Falcon's a good package and has shown that at Bathurst before. You must be pretty confident going there because you've had speed and good speed at Bathurst enough to, to win a race. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, you know, 14 was pretty amazing in itself. We, we actually, even though we started last on the grid, we still had great car pace. Uh, 15, we had great pace. We just peaked way too soon and broke a leg. And then uh, last year, we were trucking along okay and uh, did a throttle cable. So wasn't, uh, I've had one really good year there and all the rest have had some bad luck. But um, hopefully this year we can go there, have some more good luck. It doesn't matter so much if you have the fastest car there. It's, uh, like I said, it's all about the luck at that place. Indeed. Now, there are a number of key ingredients. One is obviously a fast car, a fast, reliable car. Uh, and uh, having a pit crew that give you a, a car and service it well. Uh, another one is the co-driver. Now, you've been together with Steve. This is your third year? Second year. Second year with Steve. Well, yeah, he's a good team. We had waters. He's uh, pretty experienced with the mountain. He's done lots of them. You must feel very confident having him as a co-driver again. Yeah, no, look, Steve is pumped to, to team up with Steve-O again this year. He, um, last year, I don't think we had probably the greatest package car, and he, and he did a solid job. Uh, you know, he's a safe set of hands, and when he turns it up, Gigi can be quick as well. So um, where we are at the moment, we you know we need to we need to both be aggressive and um, both go pedal to the metal. And uh, you know, Steve, that is Sandy, and he was passing cars, he was having a crack, and uh, it's one of those things. It was good to see his aggression come out. And tell me, are there any things uh, untoward that have changed for you this year? I mean, you're back on the 16 tyre, um, clearly. The last few race wins for BRA have been coming good. You've won two races this year. Yeah, look, to go back on the old tyre, I don't think there's anything thinking too much about at the moment. I think we've made the car a lot better from where we were last year, this year. Obviously, the tyre has been different this year as well, but there's been a lot of changes in the background. And I think we're, uh, you know, I think we're just probably roll out to kind of where we have been and um, see if we can make that work out the gate. The good thing about Bathurst, even though it's a different tyre of the year, there is, from this year, there's a lot of practice time to try and work on that car as well. So we'll uh, we'll just roll out what we know, and then we'll see if we have to tune it up too much. But yeah, lately the last couple of rounds, the cars rolled out of the truck pretty good. Chaz, so is there a issue now that Cam's starting to show such good pace that you're sharing the boom with him? And uh, obviously you moved away from Frosty's boom when you could to uh, make sure you got a clean run at it. You now uh, created a monster for yourself with uh, getting Cam up to speed so well. Uh, well, not really. Cam's sharing a boom and I'm, I'm sharing a boom. This way, way it goes. So, you know, both sets of booms to our garage are a high risk for post drivers to try and get in front of the other one, but you can only do the best job you can and work up well, Chaz, we better let you get back on the road. So, uh, where are you now? We're in, we're in Wodonga, Aubrey. Very early in the trip. Yes, very early.
Sorry, Chaz. How much difference is it to uh, driving up every year as opposed to maybe flying to Sydney and just doing that last leg in the car? I, I think, you know, by the time you fly to Sydney and then actually um, drive out to Bathurst, it's probably just as long, really, driving from Melbourne anyway. So, um, you know, it's good, good. actually. Pretty lucky. I've got some uh, mates coming up with me, some, uh, some of the mechanics and the boys. We have a bit of a road trip on the way up and listen to some music and talk a bit of smack talk and it seems to make the trip a lot quicker. Does it mean that you're getting immersed into the race sooner or are you able to keep your head clear until you actually arrive and uh, drive under the bridge? Oh, I think once you get to Bathurst week, it's probably the, the longest week we spend at any racetrack. You know, obviously we're on track a day earlier here than any other track we go to and I think that, you know, you're, you're well and truly in the Bathurst week by then since you get there from a Monday night, you know, so... Um, no, for me, I just, I, you know, we don't actually get that a lot of time to do some holidays, and if we do, we, we generally leave, um, leave the country. But this week, kind of, for me, like it's also, I'm here to race and, and be competitive, but also let my hair down a bit too with camping, with some family and stuff like that. Is it easier to go to the racetrack now since you won it than it was before you won it? <laughs> I don't think it's any easier because all you can remember is that awesome feeling that you got and you want it again. So. Um, the pressure gets more and more, and after the last couple of years we've had it, uh, the pressure's, pressure's always there anyway. So, um, you know, last year, I would draw off last year's experience. I think we had a, a good top three car, and we were trucking along, and, um, you know, just needed the luck to go our way, but unfortunately, a throttle cable went. So um, I'm pretty sure the boys this year have checked the throttle cable 20 times, and uh, we're good to go for this year, so we'll see how we go. Well, Chaz, we certainly wish you good on the, uh, well, on the rest of your trip, uh north to Bathurst, and uh, even more so, uh, a great drive next Sunday. So, from all at uh, Inside Supercars, enjoy and keep on trucking. No worries, guys. Thanks very much. Great to hear from Chaz. It certainly is uh, great to hear him in such good spirits and obviously got some speed in that car. And after the break, we'll be chatting with Gordon Lomas and hearing about the Kings of the Mountain. Hi, I'm Michael Caruso. Hi, I'm Nick Perkett. And you're you listening, listening to, to Inside, Inside Supercars. Supercars. And welcome to Inside Supercars. We're very pleased to uh, have joined us today Gordon Lomas, a long-time motorsport journalist and uh, nowadays an author of several books, uh, not only about uh, motorsport, about supercars, and uh, principally about uh, the mountain. Um, Gordon, maybe we could just chat briefly your background to how you got to where you are now becoming an author of these uh, many books about Bathurst. Yeah, uh, g'day Tony, thanks for uh, thanks for the introduction, I appreciate that and it's uh, good to be with you guys. Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting story, you know, I mean, uh, uh, with, with a lot of journos, I, I started my career in newspapers uh, and uh, worked through a lot of mastheads with uh, the News Limited organisation and then, you know, 2008, almost 10 years ago now, I decided that... Um, I'd, I'd kind of got a, come to the crossroads and uh, decided to work for myself, and which I did uh, for five years. And then for the last five years, up until earlier this year, I'd um, I'd worked for a for a website and and uh, and thought I you know I just I had a few projects sort of on the on the go and and um, you know book wise and you can't hold down a full-time job, which was at the time pretty much seven days a week, 24-7. Yep. Um, thank you very much. Um, but uh, so, so, you know, it enabled me to sort of pursue other projects. Um, and this current book, which is my sixth, 
um, Kings of the Mountain um, was was a product of that, and there's a few other projects in the pipeline as well. Now you're Brisbane based, Queensland originally. No, Tony. Um, originally, uh, in back in my uh, dim dark past, uh, I was a western suburbs uh, product of, of Sydney. Ah, uh, so right. for, I grew. I, I did my uh, my early years growing up in uh, in Marylands in Sydney. Yep. Um, and uh, mum and dad moved to Queensland back in the early seventies, uh, and have been here ever since. Oh, wonderful! Wonderful. You're based there now, still though. Yeah, yeah. Based on the Gold Coast. And some of your first Bathurst, uh, first time you attended a meeting there. Oh, look, gee. Um, there's, there's quite a quite a bit of fog I've got to lift there because it's, it was it was a long time ago. I, I went first time in '71, by the way, Gordon. So don't feel too bad. You know. Well, there you go. Yeah, it was it was definitely after '71. <laughs> um, it was definitely after '71. Even though I, you know, pretty much lived on Bathurst doorstep in the, in, you know, yes, doorstep yes. on the, on being a Sydney Westie. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, look, it, it would have been in the '80s sometime. And and uh, probably before I was a motorsport and motoring journalist, um, but I can't exactly remember the race. However, the first the first race I covered, um, I think, may have been even Win Percy uh, and Alan Grice's win. You know, the first year of HRT as we know it in 1990. Yes, indeed, in, indeed, a, a great event. Um, so now you've done uh, certainly a book on the track. Uh, in celebrating 75 years of Bathurst, Mount Panorama, and now Kings of the Mountain, telling the story of those people who had success of a great stature uh, at at Mount Panorama. Yeah, the the interesting thing is that that was an all-consuming history book, uh, the 75 years of motor racing at Mount Panorama. Um, And uh, the publisher came to me a couple of years after that was... Uh, was printed and uh, and they were very keen to do another Bathurst book and left it in my hands to come up with the with the topic. Um, so I was very reluctant at first um, because I I really hadn't got a good grip on on how and how how and and what sort of topics I should sort of do um, if I progress with the idea. I eventually came up with the uh, with the the idea to construct the book um, through a selection of winners over the decades. So from each of the decades of the 500, which then became the 1000, from the 60s onwards, um, and to, to convey those stories um, through their words, even though I was writing it, I think it's very important to give them most of the say to to get their story on, on on what went on behind the scenes and what people don't ordinarily see on the TV or in, in normal race reports. Um, and, and that's the way the book's been constructed and, and very happy with the outcome. Well, with the exception of Peter Brock, who the obvious one who you aren't able to interview, you would have a, a large number of those winners to draw from. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, you... I mean, you... You could, you, you absolutely could spend years on yeah. on producing a book to do every every winner, or you know every winning combination. Um, however, you know for the for the sake of um, uh, you know for, for the sake of time and uh, 
and and the way it sort of you know all sort of panned out. I, I had to choose the most you know the pe- the people who I thought would be good stories, and those people who I thought I could you know I could sort of really get across. And um, having said that, I you know I didn't take the easy way out. I, I did track down John Fitzpatrick, um, who won in '76 with uh, Bobby Morris, as people would remember. Um, I track he's now living in Spain, uh, yeah. a, a British driver, very very good uh, sports car driver yeah. from the '70s and early '80s. Did you um, find the story of how he got that drive? Did you find the story of how he got that drive with Bob Morris? That's absolutely laid out in the chapter, oh, um, and, and, and also. Also, Wynn Percy. Um, you know, Wynn was very, very, you know, uh, accommodating of his time. And um, he, he, he went through, you know, the gentleman that he is. Um, that whole HRT scenario was, was very difficult. And he had personal tragedy in his life at the time as well. And, um, and he, you know, he's very articulate. And he gave me the whole nuts and bolts uh, side of this, you know, from his perspective, exactly what de- went down with Tom Walkinshaw and, uh, and setting up HRT. Well, it's certainly a book to uh, look out for. Um, it's, it's on sale now? Uh, it goes on sale. Uh, it is actually on sale. It went on sale on, uh, on Monday. Uh, oh, and, uh, yeah, so it's, uh, uh, we, you know, we're, we're hoping that um, it's, it's going to be successful and, um, Every bit as good as the previous Baptist book. Uh, I'm sure it will, Gordon. I'm sure it will. Will you be going there this year? No, uh, believe it or not. And it's the first time for several decades um, that that I, I I won't be there. I've got I've got a few other projects on Tony that's um, sort of taking taking up my time. So um, unfortunately, uh, I won't be at the mountain. Well, I'll be uh, doing the same thing as you, Gordon, and making sure that the couch is comfortable and there's plenty of cool drinks to have nearby as we prepare for the 2017 Bathurst 1000. Gordon, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we'll certainly look out for Kings of the Mountain at, uh, as they say, all good bookstores. Exactly. Look, we really appreciate the interest. Thanks very much, Tony. Certainly sounds like a book well worth uh, picking up at your local bookshop. And after the break, we'll be with Lee Holdsworth talking about the challenge from Charlie Schwerkholt and the uh, Team 18 team. The views expressed on Inside Supercars, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect the views of the network, Thunder Media or Sport Radio. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. Yeah, I mean, it, it means a lot. You know, through the years, a lot of reference this race is one of our majors. 600 miles around here is no easy task. Uh, we were able to beat the two levels to the boys and, uh, and meet Anthony Bigley in the final, which uh, we were able to do, um, take the win off him. So, it was, uh, yeah, it was a great weekend for the uh, Raptors and the family. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. Hi, I'm Jamie Wincup. Hi, I'm Nick Percat. You are listening to Inside Supercars. And welcome back to Inside Supercars. We have another treat of the drivers who are this week taking on the mountain in Lee Holdsworth from Team 18. Good afternoon, Lee. G'day, guys. How are you doing? Well, indeed. We're not as good as you because you're at the mountain already. I know. I know. You can't be at a better place than Bathurst, and um, especially in race week. So I uh, drove up solo today. Solo? Right. Yeah, yeah. So I've already done my nearly um, nearly a whole Bathurst already. I've done about 
seven, eight hundred k today. You, um, yeah, ready, to, ready to go now. I can't wait. You'd remember the stories of when Brock, you know, they'd uh, take the Monaros up and the Toradas and give them a run on the road. <laughs> run the brakes in on the way up. Absolutely, yes, indeed. Lee, would like to just before we start talking about this year's challenge and uh, and where you and Team 18, I'd like to just have a, a go back in your motorsport start, where it started from, uh, where you love, where your interest and how you got involved in it. Yeah, well, it all started... Uh when I was very young, I was probably about four years old when my dad started taking my brother and I um, to hire go-karting and we'd sit in the passenger seat in the two-seater and he'd um, tell us that we were steering and doing everything and um, we thought we were pretty good. So we wanted to have a go ourselves in um, in our own go-kart. So uh, it, uh, when, when we were, um, when I was seven actually, Santa bought us a go-kart and um, and it all started from there. So I did ten years of go karting, and um, my dad never got the opportunity to race himself. So he sort of, um, I suppose, wanted to live his life again through my brother and I. So um, yeah, we did a lot of go karting, and then uh, and then into Commodore Cup. I followed in my brother's footsteps into that um, in when I was seventeen. Did a couple of years in there, and then into uh, Formula Ford, then development series. You uh... yeah. You and your brother both uh, had a fair bit of success in Commodore Cup as well. Yeah, well, um, it, it was a great little category. We, we really enjoyed it. it was, um, we we didn't know where to go from go-karts, and it was always a bit of a, you know, it was a, it was a hard decision um, w- what to do with that next step, whether we go Formula Ford racing, which was going to cost us an arm and a leg. We didn't have the sort of money to, um, to jump into a Formula Ford, so... Um, the cheapest category that we could get into uh, that was, you know, my aim was always to be in about supercars and um, it made sense to go, uh, you know, to Commodore Cup, another tin top style of racing and um, it was a really competitive category when I started and um, and my brother was uh, very successful in it as well. So we had a good couple of years racing each other and a lot of fun and, um, and yeah, at, at the same time, I was volunteering for the teams in my motorsports um, and also Smith Trucks Racing for the development team just to get my foot in the door somehow, you know, sweeping the floors and doing tyre pressures and that sort of thing and um, and trying to get them interested in my career. And uh, and it worked because they offered me a test day in, their, in the Smith Trucks um, Duke Series car and uh, it, was, it was out of myself and James Small, actually. Um, back in 2003, I think it was, uh, the end of 2003. So, um, yeah, had a crack at that and um, and obviously did an all right job because I got uh, got an offer from Robert Smith to, to come drive for him. Um, we had to bring a bit of sponsorship, but um, we, uh, we made it to Dev Series, which was just amazing at the time. You were, of course, one, another one of the drivers who had signed up to the Ryan McLeod Driving School. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Ryan McLeod was the team manager of uh, of Smith Trucks Racing, and yeah. Um, yeah, helped my career immensely. I mean, I wouldn't be where I am at the moment without Ryan. Um, probably wouldn't be on the grid. So, I like to thank him for, and um, and also Paul Morris was involved in the team at the time as well because Robert Smith was buying his um, his supercars off Paul Morris. So, yeah, uh, yeah Paul. Paul lent a helping hand quite a lot for me and 
um, played a bit of a mentor role in a way as well. So um, plenty of people to thank. And, um, yeah, uh, but I, uh, we, we had a good deal there at Smith Trucks and um, a very, very cheap deal. Um, and without them, you know, there wouldn't have been another place for me on the grid with the sort of money we were paying there. So, then you got the, uh, the the phone call from Gary, Gary Rogers. Yeah, that's right. Well, it wasn't that easy. Um, I had to. I'm not I'm, I'm just saying, then then came. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, Gary, he's not an easy man to um, uh, to get an opportunity with, even to to have a little chat. So, I uh, but but you know, persistence paid off. I called every team owner, um, you know, looking for an endurance drive, and um, no one was really prepared to sit down with me and have a chat. Um, but I had Gary Rogers watching me out of Queensland Raceway um, in, in 04 and um, uh, 05, sorry. And, uh, and yeah, he, he um, I qualified second on the grid there in both series and Gary came straight over and he said, you want to come and have a chat? So I went up into the truck and next thing I knew, um, I was absolutely stoked to be able to sign up for an endurance trial with Gary Rogers Motorsport. And, and not that you haven't looked back, you've had to work hard and unfortunately had a few accidents along the line, a few crashes, but uh, aside from those, no permanent injuries. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it went through a couple of really tough years. Um, you know, accidents that uh, are <laughs> no fault of my own. I know everyone thinks that no accidents, they're fault of their own, but, you know, tyre blowouts and, um, and, and people... Uh, punting me into the fence and, um, yeah, and, you know, <laughs> Russell Ingle at Bathurst, he did down the inside on the grass trying to pass a car by me and ended up putting me on my lid. So, yeah, there's a few unfortunate things, but, you know, that's racing. We, um, uh, you get on with it. But, yeah, last year was an absolute shocker with the, the crash up in Darwin. And I've never been injured before in my whole racing career. So that was a, a massive eye-opener for myself but probably more so my mum and my family um so yeah just a a reality check that you can actually get seriously injured in um, any type of car you know that's a that's a motorsport um you know relative to to other categories so to um come out of that one in a wheelchair and out on the sidelines for three months was um yeah it was crazy but Look, I, I, it didn't affect me. I, I wanted to get back as quickly as possible and trying to um, put my best foot forward again this year in 2017. Has it given you an impetus to not maybe try harder, because I'm sure you were trying beforehand, but has that you know, had a, an impact on the way you go about things now, that time on the sidelines? Usually you can look back and say, I should have done this or I should have done that. And that yeah, in that particular um, instance, uh, there was nothing I could do, really. You know, I, I, I can't think of anything I, I could have done different to avoid that accident. Um, it was just one of those things and a bit of bad luck involved. And then the wall with the, the angle that that was sticking out, usually, you know, there should have been a tile wall there. So I would have just bounced back off that and there would have been a bit of, um, you know, cosmetic damage to the car. But uh, I struck a concrete wall at nearly 40 degrees and uh, 97 uh, G impact um, I was never going to get out of it so I, I don't have a different approach now I, I guess I I guess um, you know being in, in the sport for as long as I have um, you, you've 
you don't take it for granted, but you probably start treating it more of a job each year that it goes on. And, and that was more of a, you know, coming back from that, or sitting, more so sitting on the sidelines, I realised how much I still love this sport and how much I enjoy it and how much I just want to get back in the seat and I don't want to do anything else. Um, it's my life. So, um, yeah, I, I, I suppose I, I certainly, um, you know, I enjoy my job more now, more so than I was, you know, 12 months ago. Lee, it's interesting your years with Gary because... Gary holds you in such high esteem. Uh, I remember when uh, we'd talk uh, to him about you and even though you couldn't get a photo in his office, um, you still were the one that he spoke to uh, in the same breath as Garth. He, he thought you, uh, your raw talent was absolutely off the charts. Yeah, that's, um, that, that's really that, – that's amazing that, I, that you can get a comment from a guy like Gary – for that, and um, I've I have huge respect for Gary and what he's done for my career and what he's done in his career. Um, he's brought a lot of young people through, and uh, most of the time they're the guys that weren't going to get a shot with anyone else. You know, he plucked them out of um, out of the uh, out of the woodworks, and you know, when when people are on their last legs, I suppose Golding's probably in that position now where. Um, Gary doesn't look for guys with the best equipment. He looks for the guys with the talent. Um, he looks for the, the guys that are going to work hard for it. And, and I suppose he recognised that in in what I was doing. So um, I had a really good time at DRM. It was um, some of the best years of my racing career um, to this point. And um, and working with Gary was good fun. And I still keep in touch with him. He's um, yeah. I, I, he became like a, a bit of a second father figure to me. Um, I still go to him every now and then for advice. So, uh, yeah, we've got a great relationship, and um, it was a it was a pleasure driving for him. And then, of course, came the time where you you changed teams, and the team had changed everything underneath you. <laughs> yes, uh, that was a turning point in my whole career. Unfortunately. Um, I you know, had a had a fair bit of momentum going, leaving GRM, and um, had had some really great opportunities um, with some great teams. And uh, I chose one of those teams, which was Stone Roller Racing. And um, unfortunately, you know, I signed a three-year deal there, um, and I, I really thought that that was going to be a, a huge opportunity for me, especially in my second and third year, to fight for a championship. Um, you know, the first year finished eighth in the championship, uh, and, and I felt that the car of the future that they were building at the time was going to be a much more competitive package. Um, but then, towards the end of 2012, uh, there was news that the team was being bought by Bernie Comenco, and we were going to go to uh, a Mercedes chassis, um, which I didn't quite understand. Um, but you know, being in the position I was, I couldn't challenge it. Um, and it was actually, you know, in a way exciting because we were uh, promised quite a bit and we thought it was going to be a, a pretty good thing. So, yeah, disappointing the way it all ended up there. Um, spent two years battling at the at the back part of the grid and um, it was really difficult to bounce back from that. You know, it smashes your confidence. Even though your teammates are in the same position, it's... Um, 
it's it's a hard one. You know, you, you never, no one ever wants to be at the back of the pack, and knowing that you're going to the race meetings um, and to do the best of maybe a top 20 or a top 15 is not the way you want to go racing. So, yeah, a bit of a, uh, a really disappointing part of the career, my career. You really have a, uh, a great fan in Gary, and now you've got another one in Charlie. We had him on the show recently, and uh, to say he waxed lyrical about Lee is an understatement. So, I mean, <laughs> you clearly, you know, ignited something in him, and when he was putting the idea of his team together, you were obviously part of that uh, very early discussion. Yeah, look, Charlie's, um, well, really threw me a bit of a lifeline. Um, I... You know, at the end of my stint with Erebus, um, I had to go somewhere else. It was um, it was very late in the year when uh, when we 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 come to a decision to um, extend the contract because there was some good stuff in the pipeline for the following year at Erebus, but that never eventuated. And um, as a result, uh, the the deal that I had with them um, fell through. So. I was looking for something else, and uh, and Charlie's was an opening. Um, and uh, you know, it, it, at the time, it wasn't the ideal um, team to go to. Um, you know, I never wanted to be a customer car, uh, and I still never want to be a customer car. Um, you know, a third or a fourth car in a race team is is never any good. So, um, the first year at Walkinshaw was a bit tough, um, and then. Yeah, trying to convince Charlie to bring himself and do his own thing was um, something that you know he'd probably looked to do over over time. Probably more so um, later, <laughs> later rather than uh, sooner for him. But um, yeah, I, I, I was able to convince him, and we brought him out, and he he, um, he made a, a huge took a huge risk in starting up um, Team 18 and. Uh, I think it's paid off. I'm sure that he's pretty happy about what he's done and he's building something um, which is uh, yeah, a very good thing. You know, We're fighting well above um, probably where where we should be at the moment in terms of budget um, and, uh, and we're just getting better and better. So it's good fun working with Charlie and building the team with him and um, I feel like I've got quite a, a huge role in the team in um, selecting the people involved and uh, and where we go with our development from here, um, and, and you know what the future holds for the team. But Lee, when you <laughs> signed with Charlie, he was at PRA. Were you thinking you were going to be driving a Ford at PRA? <laughs> yeah, there's another mix-up. <laughs> um, that was where I. That's yeah. I I, I did want to be in a PRA um, car, and you know I thought that if you were going to be in any third or fourth car, that's um, that's the team you want to be in, and. Um, so yeah, that, that's what I signed up for, but, uh, there was a bit of a, uh, a conflict with sponsors in that team, um, with our oil company folks, uh, couldn't be aligned next to the, the other oil company in the garage. So, um, that's when Charlie had to make a decision to, to take his license to another team or lose a huge part of his budget. Sandown was uh, was pretty good. I mean, it, uh, an eighth place, being in the top ten always at endurance is, is a worthwhile result. You were about the sixth or seventh fastest car out there. Do you feel that you know you were capable of a top five? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we had a we had a top car on come Sunday. You know, in the warm up, 
Um, I knew we'd improved the car. I knew that even on Saturday we had a top 10 car. So to improve it again on Sunday was um, gave me huge confidence for the race that you know, this was going to be a good thing. We needed to keep our noses clean. Um, Carl did a very good job at the start of the race. Uh, we lost a few in the pit stops. Um, we were the GRM car cars for some reason were very, very quick in pit lane. Um, Garth was 12 and a half seconds faster than us in pit lane, so we only finished 12 seconds behind him in the race. So he was um, obviously P4. So we know that we could have finished top five. Um, but look, that's given us a lot of confidence coming here to Bathurst. Yeah, yeah. And of course, in Carl, you've been with him. Is this your third, fourth year or third year? Uh, this is the second year with Carl. This is it only the second, gosh. Uh, yeah, because I had Bordet back in uh, the Walkinshaw in the Walkinshaw car. Yes. So yeah, it's good to have a bit of continuity with Carl, and um, yeah, he he's done a a very good job at Sandown, and um, hopefully we can. Yeah, come home with an even better result here. Yeah. Now, um, going back to the 2016 tyre, obviously would suit you. I, I believe so. I mean, it's it's hard to say. I, we it certainly won't hurt us. Um, it's it's hard to know what's going to happen with those cars. You know, the teams Penske, uh, Red Bull, um, a few of the teams that have have developed an upright for the new tyre. Um, we certainly haven't. We're on something that's been around since uh, God <laughs> just um, we had a quick car here last year and we're confident that you know being on the same tyre we're going to be able to um, uh, put that same set up into the car and be quick straight away um, but what people have learnt on the new tyre I'm not sure whether it will help for the the tyre of 2016 it'll be an interesting one and you know um, people have been pushing the limits with camber on the new tyre um, whether or not they do that with the older tyre will yet to yet to be seen. So it'll be an interesting weekend, but I think you know, people will play a much more conservative um, approach at this round. Um, you know, all you need to do is, is make it round this track. Uh, for the 161 laps, with something that's half decent, you'll be in for a shot. And uh, no doubt that you'll be uh, hoping to uh, maintain, if not improve, your position in the championship. Um um, where are you sitting currently? I'm just... Yeah, so I'm 11th at the moment. Um, yeah, there's a huge jump to the top 10. And when you look at the top 10 in the championship, they've all had quite a a stellar year. You know, um, Reynolds has been strong this year. He's he's 10th at the moment. Um, Waters has just won the Sandown 500. So he's now 9th or 8th. Um, it's going to be hard to catch that group. I think there's about two. There's over 200 points separating tenth and, and myself and eleventh. So, and then you know there's a gaggle of cars around me that are within <laughs> about 100 points down to about um, 17, yeah, 18. Yes, so it's uh, you know I think for us if we can finish, um, look our aim is to finish in the ten. But if we can finish the best of the rest, um, I think. You know, our team should be absolutely over the moon if we finish 11th in the championship. Um, when you look at the cars, the budgets, and everything behind us, uh, yeah, we've done it. We've done a very good job. So, um, but yeah, anything can happen here. You know, if we have a good result and someone has a DNF in front of us, you can catch pretty quickly. All you so, need is uh, the other 24 cars, leader, have uh, fuel issues like the Formula Fours <laughs> in Spain. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> it's a bit embarrassing, isn't it? <laughs> um, Lee, I hope you have a, a wonderful Bathurst and Team 18, Charlie and uh, 
and all the, the gang down there at uh, Forklift Central. Um, we look forward to uh, watching the, the race and seeing it unfold. Have a great start on Thursday uh, practice. You and Carl obviously will be sharing through most of the sessions. And one of the things I want to say is please say hello to your parents. I always remember seeing your number one, number two fans at the back of the garage there. Now, I assume they'll be there again. And, and they're still coming to the track. They'll be here this weekend, so uh, along with um, my wife, Alana. So it'll be nice to have them all here. And, um, yeah, it'd, it'd be also pretty bloody good to spray them with champagne at the end of the weekend. Um, but, yeah, they're a great support. And, yeah, it's uh, it's one of those those rounds where you know, people want to be at if you have the that <laughs> good result that we're all after. Enjoy the weekend and enjoy a great result, Lee. I'm sure that uh, you'll continue your endeavours in this sport. It's been wonderful to talk to you on Inside Supercars and we look forward to hearing and watching the results over the weekend. Now, thanks very much, guys. Great, great to have a chat. Thank you. Join in the conversation. Post your thoughts on our Sport Radio Facebook page. Each week, join the Inside Motorsport team as they look at all the news from across Australia and around the world. And, you know, every, every year I see Jackie Stewart Grand Prix and I just remind myself of, of his part in, in starting the, the path to safer cars. Dissecting the sport with interviews, news and opinion. Jack Brabham certainly left his mark, not only on Australian motorsport, but motorsport all around the world. Inside Motorsport broadcast on community radio and online at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Rick Kelly. Hi, I'm Lee Holdsworth, and you're listening to Inside Supercars. And it's uh, Inside Supercars with a very special annual Bathurst pre-event Tipping competition, which won Richard Crail, a uh, voice from around motor racing in Australia. Richard, good afternoon. Tony, how are you? I'm well, thank you, sir. I, I don't have the uh, pleasure that you'll have in heading to the mountain this week, but I'm sure you'll enjoy every minute of without me there. It's one of the great trips, Tony, as you well know. You've, you've made more of them than I have, but... Uh... <laughs> It, it, it never gets old, and uh, I, I'm fortunate enough to be able to go there a couple of times a year with the 12 hour and the 6 hour, and uh, this year challenge practice as well. Uh, but it doesn't get old. It's a great place, and, and more than just the, uh, the race, it's a good little city as well. So, looking forward to this one. It's going to be a good race, I think. It's, uh, it's about as wide open as they come, I'd suggest. Yes, indeed. There's plenty of uh, people have shown form, plenty of teams uh, going across more than one entry which is uh, something that uh, back in the days in the 70s and 80s wasn't always the case. There'd be one slow and one mule. But now um, both cars in, in most teams, in fact all cars in some teams, as many as four, have uh, entries that uh, regularly feature up there. Craig, um, now I understand that uh, Richard has some form at the tipping night uh, here. Possibly, possibly the best tipper in the game oh, is rubbish. Richard Crowell. <laughs> and Crowley, it's amazing how uh, every time we talk, whether it's before the 12 hour, before the uh, 6 hour, which is now becoming a really big flagship event, and it's great to see what James has been able to do with that. And I, I think we are really going to be blessed with the big track having three major, major motorsport events in the uh, in the next four or five years, and goodness knows what's going to become of the track over the hill. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and uh, it's just the, the lure of the place never diminishes, and if anything, it, it's it's almost like you know we add there's more racing now than there ever has been all around Australia, and there's just there's stuff going on. There's 
something on every weekend, be it a state championship round or a Shannon's Nationals round or a supercar event or something promoted by another organisation altogether. But I, I think the lure of Bathurst is as strong, if not stronger, than perhaps it ever has been. And even just talking to people, um, both club amateur racers and the wealthier gentlemen drivers who do it more for fun and because they can, um, there's all just this massive drive to get there and compete there and tick the box. But, and that extends internationally as well. And, and fortunate with the 12-hour work with some amazing overseas drivers. Um, and it's just, it's bucket list stuff for everybody. So the lure is as strong as it ever has been. And now there's a little niche for everybody with, with different styles of races for different levels of competition to go and, go and compete at. So if, if you can't find somewhere to drive in the three different major events there, you can then rock up and do a regularity in November at the Challenge Backest event, which just adds another, uh, Another little slice of the pie there, so yeah, it's a good thing. It's um, it's an amazing place, and uh, you know, just love going there every year. Everything pales into comparison when the 1,000-kilometre race starts on Sunday. But, uh, Richard, you are going to be working across the weekend with TCM and also uh, the Carrera Cup, who put on just some amazing racing, and that's probably one of the reasons why people are already at the mountain, because it's not just one day of activity. Yeah, and I'm blessed because I, I get to work with two very, very cool parts of the support program in Career Cup and, and TCM. And TCM's the look back and you know some of the cool cars that are a nod to the heritage of the place. There's no uh, mistake that this isn't... It's not historic racing. It's very much retro racing. It's uh, old cars with a modern twist. But um, to be able to work with guys like John Bow and Jimmy Richards and then you know a, a bunch of other guys that are really enthusiastic and very capable steers is... It's great fun, and, and Carrera Cup this year has been as good as it ever has been. Um, the Sepang round we had internationally was outstanding, and then we picked that up again at, uh, at Sandown a few weeks ago with some very, very competitive racing. And um, Yeah, I think the thing about Bathurst is that, and it goes back to my childhood, when you get up at 6.30 in the morning to watch the broadcasting, you watch the support races, and it's all part of the build-up. It all just keeps building that momentum until what is now just after 11 o'clock on Sunday when the great race starts. And uh, this year has a unique flavour in that we have one of those uh, first-time winners, uh, last time out, Cam Waters, Richie Stanaway. Fantastic. They'll be going there. And I imagine that they have just inched up their uh, anticipation and expectation slightly on the Furtec Enduro Cup. Wonderful to have yet another team that has the ability or other pair of drivers has the ability to take those win in the long races. Yeah, you're bang on. And I think one of the great things about this year is we all came into the season going, it's going to be DJR Team Penske v Triple Eight. Um, how good is that battle going to be? And, and I think for the most part, it's lived up to that expectation that we entered the year with. But Pro Drive Racing Australia has just been sliding under the radar. And, and every time one of those two other teams trips up, Chaz Mostert has been there more often than not this year to grab the results. Mark Winterbottom's had a rough year, but Sandown's probably the ultimate example of how variable this year can be. And I, I would say that if you had gone through the favourites list before Sandown, and, and Cam Waters and Richie Stanley were paying, I think it was 50 to 1 to win that race. So it was a pretty good earn if you had any money on it. But um, I don't think they would have been the third car out of the PRA awesome that you would have tipped to win it, I would have thought. But that's just how variable this year is. And that's why I'm particularly excited about this week and what has in store, because it could be 
one of the more open 1,000s we've had. And, and that's saying something because they've been pretty wide open the last couple of years especially. All right, well, getting down to the uh, nitty-gritty now, your top three, Richard. Well, as I say, it's going to be massively unpredictable. My top three is something of a uh, something of the powerhouse teams in the sport. But uh, in third place, I'm going to back Craig Lowndes and Stephen Richards. Uh, it's been a rough year for Craig, but he's been very, very consistent, just accumulating points and hovering there in the top ten in the championship. And I think Bathurst is the place for those two to turn what's been a, a pretty tough year for the Cowboys car around. So I'm going to go T3 for Craig. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if he does that from somewhere outside the top ten with an hour to go, as he always does. So third place for those, the experience of Stephen Richards will, uh, will play into the equation there. But I think the race win will be decided between those two powerhouse outfits I talked about before. On, and I think it will come down to the finale, and I think the race will be battled out between a couple of very, very good Kiwi drivers. Um, I think second place will be Shane Van Gisbergen and Matthew Campbell. Um, Matt did a supreme job in that car at Sandown and his consistency racing against a, a full group of main game drivers. Remember, in his stint in car 97 was very, very good. Um, and Shane is as fast as he ever has been and always brings an X factor at Mount Panorama, perhaps more than any other venue. So I'm going down for second. But I think uh, I think the Shell V-Power forwards will be too strong and I think it'll be a Scott McLaughlin and Alex Premar victory. Um, this year in sport, boys, has been all about drought spending. Um, the Crows broke a 19-year drought to get to the grand final. Richmond broke a 30-plus-year drought to unfortunately win it. Um, the, the stories in sport have been like that all season long. It's been a long time between drinks for what now is formerly known as Dick Johnson Racing. So I think it would be terrific to see them win that race again uh, and give Roger Penske his first Bathurst victory to go with all his wins at Daytona and Indianapolis, and uh, I think they're going to do the job. And young Scotty McLaughlin will put one hand on the championship trophy with a, a Bathurst victory on Sunday. Well, certainly you'd have to say we've seen Penske. I mean, every third time that a Penske car um, or a Penske entry goes to Indianapolis, they win the race. So that's an extraordinary thing over a 46, 47 year period. Um, more tips for the top three. All right. Uh... I've got Tander and Goulding in at third. I have got, unfortunately for Alex Premer, who I absolutely uh, think is a, is a fantastic guy, and as is Scott McLaughlin, but I think Premer is just uh, much, much maligned since his time out here, and I think they're going to be second. And would you believe it, David Reynolds is going to take the victory this year. Oh, wow. <laughs> Erebus. Really? Wow. That's wow. Okay. That's all right. Well, I'm, I'm not going to try and top that one. Alistair McVean and David Reynolds working together in that last segment. I think it's going to come together. All right. Okay. I'm not going to go for a wild card or anything like that out of the, the runners, but uh, I certainly think Van Gisbergen is due. He's had the uh, you know one of the closest finishes ever. He's had one that uh, slipped away from him. And uh, I think that he is ready. He and uh, and Alex Premar are uh, a great pairing. Uh, not Alex Premar, sorry, uh, Matt Campbell are a great pairing, and I think they will get it. I actually think that Fabian is going to uh, pull something and is going to uh, pull second place. And third place, 
I'm going to go with the uh, Lowndes Richards uh, combo because I think again their mountain knowledge will get them there and uh, in the last hour or so that they'll climb. So three different winners, combinations of, but uh, we certainly have each chosen uh, very solid runners up there and people have got results. It will be a wonderful yeah. week, Richard. I, I hope that you enjoy every moment of your time. Yeah, I know I, you're I, very I, busy. Oh, I love it. Yeah, it's it's, it's awesome. I, I'm going to say... Craig has gone out on a ledge there with that tip. But what I do like, Craig, is Garth Panda for P3 because uh, the, the exclamation point to my uh, to my top three would be that if Garth Panda's on the lead lap when he gets in the car for his final stint and there's a safety car with 10 to go, if he's somewhere in the top 10, he's every chance of winning that show. Mm, and- um, so um, I like that. I like it. It's good. Yep. And, of course, with Doc Slater working with Shane Van Gisbergen, and it was hard to leave them out of my three. But I just figured Krusty and Garth, McVean and, and uh, obviously, uh, Reynolds, and then you've got Ludo and, and uh, McLaughlin. I just think those driver-engineer combinations at the end of the race could produce magic. Well, in fact, uh, just to correct you slightly, Craig, Jeff Slater is, in fact, working with uh, Lowndes and Richards. And it's one of the things that I actually... Uh, think that they'll uh, get up there, that they'll have that uh, little bit of magic that gets them into the, uh, into, onto the podium. That's force of habit, well, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, another uh, pre-Bathurst show. We uh, look forward to uh, hearing and watching as the race unfolds this week and hope that uh, everything goes well, Richard, for you and all the teams competing. So thanks again for Inside Supercars and we'll catch up with you in the near future. Thanks, boys. Appreciate it. And it's good night from Craig Ravel and Tony Whitlock from the pre-Bathurst 1000 show. We certainly look forward and hope you'll enjoy watching the race, whether it be live or on television. It's going to be a great event, and we look forward to going through and picking over what's happened, why, and how often. Thanks, Craig. Good night. Inside Supercars is produced by Thunder Media. Tune in next week for more at sportradio.com.au or lock in the podcast on your iTunes or mobile device, search Inside Supercars.